0: It really is good to see you all, and uh, trust that uh, this morning encouraged you. Uh, I think when we get together to worship, and we worship together, and we can hear the voices of the people, and we can experience the presence of the Father, something happens in us, we get lifted up, and we get ready for the week again, because out there we're meant to be giving out, in here you're meant to be taking in. And so this is a moment where uh, we're like a pair of lungs, we like breathing, And we breathe out the rest of the week. And this is a breathing-in moment, and we refuel, we refresh, we get encouraged, we get back on point if we're starting to drift a little. And friends, can I just say we all drift? The Bible says, it talks about that, we all drift. The problem with drifting is that you don't know you're drifting. Because it's little by little, not just a quick move. And uh, what we do in these moments is so key for what God wants to do in and through our lives. I was so encouraged by by Kornay's uh, word about being filled with oil, but being filled with with the life of God and giving it out. Because this morning, I believe that's what God wants to do with us in a profound way. But before I get into that, one of the ways that uh, God has blessed this church is through the gift of the Tedder family. In fact, God has blessed this church in multiple ways through the gift of the Tedder family. Graham and Emmy, they leave for... The states on the 20th of February, they go to nothing. They go to, I mean, folks are there, but they go to no job, no home, no nothing. They're just going because they feel God say that they need to be there because the, the people of America need them. And so they're going to be planting a church as they get jobs and all those sorts of things and establish themselves and allow God to use their dining room table, allow God to use every part of who they are, their jobs, their, their, whatever they do. But they're going to be planting and they're going to be leaving 20th of February. But one of the ways that we honor people is through finances. And what we're going to do of the next, of starting on the 2nd of February, we're going to start taking up some offerings for them. It's incredibly expensive, the relocation. So there is a cost element to it. But I think more than that cost element to it, it is an honor element to it. Where we can actually thank God for them. They've been in eldership for 11 years. They've been in this church for 15 years. And uh, I think it's going to be an amazing opportunity for us to sow into the nations, for us to sow into them, appreciate them, thank God for them, and actually trust God that as we sow into the nations, we will reap not only finances for ourselves personally, but we will reap the souls of people wherever they are. And so let's just, let's, uh, I want to encourage you, we're going to have a, a, a special box for them. You can also EFT and reference it, uh, the TEDA, TEDA gift, and it'll get uh, given to them. And uh, let's, let's over this time be generous, friends. Uh, I, I, was, I was looking at that text this morning about Epaphroditus. And uh, Paul says, I actually, I, I thank God for these people, this man, the Epaphroditus. Thank God for sending him, but I send him back to you um, and with, because he needs to get back to you so that you can know how I am and who I, what's, how it's going with me. And he says this thing, and men like him need to be honored because they just about died for the gospel in the case of Epaphroditus. And I feel like we need to be as a community, we men and women like uh, the TEDders, the family like the TEDders need to be honored, honored as they go and pay a price and release what God has put over them. This church is called to be planting churches, friends. This church is called to be going to the nations, establishing communities of people that establish, that plant other churches that multiply. And we are trusting that God is going to do that ever increasingly, and uh, God will use whoever's available. So from next week, we're going to start doing that and and would love you to participate so that we, they can go fully loaded, and fully equipped, and they, everything, just ready to go in the, into America, Cincinnati, absolutely amazing, absolutely amazing. Cheapest GT, not few, not many of these left, eh? Three or four, eh? How many more left? Third last Sunday, this Sunday, eh? Sixteenth of Feb, they will be. Um we're, we'll be, we're actually going to be combining the morning and evening meeting, and we're going to have one big celebration, Send Off for the tetters and they're going to be preaching, and we're going to be sending them off well, and prayer, and all those sorts of things. So really exciting times ahead for all of us. If you can turn in your Bibles to 1 Kings chapter 4, that would be wonderful. 1 Kings chapter 4. had a meeting this week with with Mandy Arnold who who does all the marketing and kind of for our for our building and conferencing and all that sort of thing and she said she felt this year that she felt this text 1 Kings chapter 4 uh, about the jars that get filled with oil and she said that actually she felt for this building whatever we give to god he will fill and so this is and i got so excited about the text and kind of started reading it and we're going to have a look at exactly what it says now. But I really feel like it's a word from God for us in this season, and especially after Corne saying what she did this morning, saying that actually if you bring him your, your vessel, you will, he will fill it. And uh, this is a key word for us. And I trust that actually this morning God's going to do something significant in our hearts. He's going to fill us. We, and I'm going to show you what I believe he's speaking here and some of the things that we need to do to participate in this filling process of God. But let's have a look at one, uh, 2 Kings chapter 4. Two, did I say 2 or did I say 1 Kings? 2 Kings, sorry. 2 Kings chapter 4 verse 1. 2 Kings chapter 4 verse 1. The wife of a man from the company of prophets cried out to Elisha. Just some history there. Uh, later Jewish tradition, kind of jo, jo, Joseph, jo, jo, what's his name? Josephus Josephus was a was a Christ, uh, wasn't a Christian, but he was a historian back in the day and um, These later traditions say this is that that man That was part of the company of the prophets was Obadiah, who was the guy that fed the prophets when they were hiding from Ahab and Jezebel and So they say actually the way that he got into debt was he borrowed money to feed the prophets It's quite interesting But anyway, it says, The wife of a man from the company of prophets cried out to Elisha, Your servant, my husband, is dead, and you know that he revered the Lord. But now his creditor is coming to take my two boys as his slaves. It was common practice in those days that if you got into debt, people would take you, and you would work out your debt by by serving them. Um, And the the law, and, and, and Jesus and God's society, that wouldn't last forever, and you would never lose all your property because it would actually revert back to you. And there was a day called the every seventh year, and then the year of jubilee was actually when all slaves were released from their debts. And so God had a, their theology uh, uh, kind of shaped the economy and the way they did things. But this is a typical practice that actually they, she was going to now lose her two boys to serve this guy that had lent them money because she can't pay back the loan. She is in a crisis. She's in a crisis. Elisha replied to her, how can I help you? Tell me, what do you have in your house? I love that little text. I love, kind of I've been pondering this. Elisha replied to her, how can I help you? So he says to her, how can I help you? But then he says, ask her another question, what do you have in your house? And in my mind, I'm actually thinking, I looked at a few of the different translations and I think, this could be possible. I think Elisha's standing there with her. She's come to, my boys are going, and he's looking at her and thinking, he's asking you the question, how can, I, how can I help you? But actually he's asking God, God, how can I help her? How can I help her? What must I do? I think Elisha in this moment is hearing from God. In his walk with God, he's hearing from me, he's saying, well, what must I do? And that's when he asks the question, tell me, what have you got in your house? I believe there's a moment where actually we can, we can respond to people in crisis. But we can ask God and be the solution. We can ask God to help them get out of where they're at, into the place of freedom, and into a place of, of health. So I, Elisha replied, how can I help you? Tell me, what do you have in your house? The servant has nothing there. Your servant has nothing there at all, she said, except a little oil. Except a little oil. So the word used there for little oil is not a big kind of this would have been kind of olive oil or something like that this it wouldn't have been it wouldn't have been a a, a a kind of a big thing that you would use for cooking it would actually be a small jar that would be used for anointing that's what most of the commentators say the word used there is quite a unique word and it actually it's a pot of oil it's a it's a small anointing flask so, you've got to know straight away, you start to see this is a very small amount of oil. Maybe this amount of oil, maybe this size vessel. That's all she's got. She's got a home in that, she's got nothing else. And her two boys. Elisha said, Go round and ask all your neighbors for empty jars. Don't ask for just a few. Then go inside and shut the door behind you and your sons. Pour oil into all the jars and as each is filled, put it to one side. She left him and afterwards shut the door behind her and her sons. They brought the jars to her, and she kept pouring. When all the jars were full, she said to her son, Bring me another one. But she replied, There's not a jar left. Then the oil stopped flowing. She went and told the man of God, and he said, Go sell all the oil and pay your debts, you and your sons can live on what is left. This is a story of incredible faith by this lady. She's in a crisis. Friends, crises are moments or opportunities for God to deepen our faith. There's no crisis that comes our way that is not farther filtered, more than what you can bear, because God filters it. You can get through this. And actually what God wants, if we're facing Jesus, it deepens our faith. It doesn't wreck us. And what happens here is that she, in her desperation, goes to to Elisha and says, Come, please help me. I'm in trouble. And the first thing we see, I want to talk about two things. The kind of faith that desperation brings. And then also I want to talk about the kind of vessels that God uses the kind of vessels God uses and the kind, the desperation the kind of faith that desperation brings but what we have here is we we he says to her now actually what have you got and she says no i've just got a small vial of anointing oil and i think when we're in crisis or when we're facing challenges there's always something that we have and even if you've got nothing materially if you are a believer, if you're a follower of Jesus, you've got an anointing. You've got the Holy Spirit. You've got something. You've got God in you. You've got God speaking to you. You've got an Abba Father, which we sang about this morning. If you don't know what the word Abba means, that word was like an offensive word to the Jews because it meant an intimacy. It means an int- it's an intimate word. This, they had this picture of an austere God, not a father that would come and speak to you. And so there's this Abba Father that actually is with us, is near us. We always have God with us. Friends, if that's the only thing we've got, we've got a bit of anointing. We've got some oil. And so what we realize here is that we've got to recognize when we're in crises that actually for our faith to, for our faith to take root and for our faith to grow, we've got to recognize what we have. Do you realize what you have in your hand, in your home, in your heart? Recognize what you have and even if it's just the Holy Spirit It's not just the Holy Spirit. It's we have the Holy Spirit It's about a guide us comfort us walk us through so what's the kind of faith that desperation brings? It's this kind of faith So what happens is we're in a crisis and friends, you know if, when I say a crisis It might not be like you're facing a financial crisis or kind of that external thing but a crisis is any distance between the faith that you are living and the faith that you would like. So you living in the faith. I expect God to be here. I know God to be this kind of God. I know His character. I know His provision. I know that He's a protector. But what I'm experiencing is something different to that. So the faith that I have and the faith I'm experiencing or living out is different. That is a moment of opportunity where God breaks in and actually deepens our, our walk with Him. So what's the kind of faith that desperation brings? First of all, it's a faith that leads to obedience. It's a faith that leads to obedience. It's a faith that leads... Elisha said to her, go and do this. Elisha didn't go and do it for himself. For himself. He could have. He says, now what I want you to do is I want you to... And you've got to remember this lady. Eh? So she's desperate. And Elisha says, what I want you to do is I want you to take that flask of oil. But before anything, I want you to go... And I want you to go and collect, borrow vessels, jars, not the same word here, bigger vessels from your neighbors. I want you to borrow them. I want you to take them. I want you to close the door behind you and your boys. And what I want you to do is I want you to start pouring that little bit of oil that you have into those vessels. He doesn't tell her what to do with it. He just tells her to do that. Once she's done that, and you see, as, as we read the story, and all the vessels are filled and there's no more vessels, then he says to her now, take that oil, pay off your debts, and live on the rest. See, God always provides some way. For her, it was actually she was going to start a business. She was going to start a business, pay off her debts, and start to live on the rest. She was going to sell the oil. But actually, God always provides in the way that we need it. But what's amazing here is that her first step of faith which was quite a hectic step of faith, was to start to go and collect jars from her her neighbors. We've got to have a faith that acts. We've got to have a faith that obeys when God speaks. The next kind of faith that we see, it's a faith to ask neighbors for jars. Listen, would you mind, just go to your neighbor, all the people that you know, would you mind lending me a whole bunch of vessels, like jars and things, Would you mind just, if you've got two or three, that would be wonderful, thank you. And they're like, what's that for? I'm not quite sure, but the prophet said I must. And now you've got hundreds of these things kind of around. You've collected these. It's a big step of faith to go to your neighbors and start to ask for jars, vessels. So what happens is this kind of faith that she's she's expressing here, that she's living in, is the faith that overcomes the fear of people's opinions. You see, friends, for us to to walk in the power of God, be filled with the presence of God, for us to walk in this thing, being filled and overflowing, as Cornet says, we cannot be restricted on the back foot because of what people think. God is asking us in these days to stand up and be counted with Him and obey even if people think you're nuts. The third thing that we see her faith, is he says, I no, don't just collect a few, I want you to collect many. You can imagine her thinking, well, what is many? Like she said, all he says is, don't get a few. I wonder how many of us, when God speaks to us, we only go for a few, and we don't go for many. Because we're not expecting for God to powerfully provide. But what's amazing, she had to have faith to get many so she sends her boys out boys just start start borrowing just start getting tell them they're going to get it back and they'll get it back maybe with a little bit of oil in it as well tell them just go and get these jars go and get these jars we've got to have faith friends for more of God we've got to have faith for not just small not just a few we've got to have faith for big things in God friends the unlikely things in God the powerful just we've got to have faith for many not just a few And I trust in this season as we're going through the season of faith, it's a faith and a walk with God, but it's also a faith where we express that walk with God in real ways that we actually expect more of God, friends. I trust that our, our faith is not for a few, but our faith is for many. And the reason why we often don't have faith for many is because we've been disappointed in the past and we don't want to get disappointed again. Friends, that's in God's hands, not in our hands. We've just got to have faith for much. We've got to have faith for more, because you know what? If she collected few, she would have only had a certain amount of oil. If she had collected half the the, the, the vessels, she would have had half the oil. It was completely in her hands. If she had collected fifty jars, that's what she would. If she had collected hundred, that would have also been filled. And I think we don't realize. I read a quote by Spurgeon. I can't remember exactly what it says, but it's to this effect. He says this: actually, we don't realize that what we get from how much, what we get from God, is dependent on what we expect and what we do for Him. How much? How many jars are you putting out? She has faith to collect many. She also has faith to shut the door. She has faith to do this in private. You know, friends, the church has an unbelievable habit about God moving, a healing coming, something powerful happening in God, and the next thing it's on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and everything. I tell you, friends, the time is coming when those things are going to happen, but they're going to happen indoors. They're not going to happen on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter. And actually, this 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 faith that she has, it's a faith where you're privately with God. Not, public, not always publicly with Him. There are moments for public, but actually God is calling us into a deep private relationship with Him behind the shut door, not just with her, with her and her boys and her family. I want to encourage you, friends, as we go forward in this season, get alone with God. Get behind doors with God. And when God moves powerfully or something happens, something profound happened on, on Friday night at the youth, God started to move powerfully. Kids got saved, touched with God, filled with the Spirit of God. Friends, we don't take that now. What we do is it actually is meant to build an expectation. Those kids are going to get more and more excited, more and more expectant. And so behind closed doors, the deepening happens. As soon as you go public with it, it becomes about out there, and the depth it lacks depth going forward. And actually what God wants us to do is He wants a deep foundation in Him that actually will be able to sustain an ongoing move of God with Him going forward we've got to get behind shut doors and lastly the kind of faith that she has is to start pouring and then keep pouring you know many of us can start pouring we can start pouring what can I use here yeah I'm getting so practical which one can we wash quicker can you believe it eh That's wrong, eh? You know, you you can start pouring. And many of us start well, but can we continue pouring? Can we continue pouring and being filled? Because that's what the Bible says, be filled and continue to be filled, Ephesians chapter 5. And you just keep pouring. So you've got to know, this amount is going to fill every single one that's been available. And you just keep pouring. Are we living lives... We've been touched by God. We've been filled with the Spirit of God. But, friends, are we continually being filled with the Spirit of God behind closed doors? We've got to start pouring, but, man, we've got to keep on pouring. We've got to keep pouring. We've got to just keep pouring and keep pouring and allow God to fill us, friends, and to use us with everything that we give make available to Him. This is the kind of faith that this lady had. My second question is this, is what is the kind of vessels that God uses? When I say vessels, you and me. Because I believe if you listen to Kornay's word, God's going to fill us to overflowing. Is this is a time of faith to be filled by God, to be used by God, to be participating with Him, to be working with Him, to be partnering with Him. The kind of vessels that God uses, number one, Is available vessels. Friends, God is not going to use us if you're unavailable to Him and you're not available to be used. God wants to partner with us. God wants us. Friends, He created us in the garden with Adam and Eve back in the garden. He created us with the purpose to partner with Him, to be available with Him, to walk with Him, to be His images, His image bearers. In temples, you would have idols, which would depict the gods. In God's temple, which was the earth, He made us. We are His images. When people want to see God, they look at us. Do, are we available? Are, are our homes available? Are our lives available? Are we present with Him? Are we available? The amazing thing is the measure Of the miracle that was, this miracle was determined by the measure of her faith in collecting vessels. She collected one, she'd only have one. But man, friends, we've got to be available. Are we available? The only limit that she had was the limit of what she made available to God. The only limit she had was what she made available to God. If I make this much available, that's what God fills. If I make this much available, that's what God fills. Friends, are we available to God? And I mean, in, uh, I mean like uncomfortably, inconveniently available. Not available when it suits. Available all of our lives, all of the time, ready to be used by God. I love that, I love that, that hymn, Take My Life and Let It Be. I was listening to it this morning. By uh, Chris Tomlin was the version I was listening to. And it says this, it says, Take my life and let it be consecrated, Lord, to thee. Take my moments and my days, let them flow in ceaseless praise. Let, take my moments, take my days, let them flow in ceaseless praise. Take my silver and my gold, not a mite would I withhold. Friends, is, is your silver and gold available to God? Well, stand. don't talk about money. No, I'm talking about money. Is your silver and gold available to God? Because if it's not, friends, you're limiting what God can do with you. It's like you put out three three vessels instead of 20. Take my silver and my gold. Take a would would, not a might, would I withhold. Take my intellect. Take my intellect. Is your intellect available to God? Take my hands and let them move at the impulse of your love. Take my hands. Take my feet and let them be swift and beautiful to thee. Take my feet. Are you available to go for God? Are you available to work for God? Are you available to serve people with your hands? And are you available to go to your neighbor? Take my voice and let me sing. always only for my king. Take my lips and let them be filled with messages from thee. Are your lips available to God to keep quiet and to speak at the appropriate times under the government of God, under the hand of God? Take my will and make it thine. It shall be no longer mine. Is your will available to God? Is God shaping our wills? Is God shaping our desires? Or are we living an earthly story with no heavenly reality? Friends, you know when we say we want to build a kingdom culture? Everybody asks, it's about, hey, we want kingdom culture. and are we going to have a kingdom culture. Friends, you know what the Bible says about the kingdom coming? You want kingdom culture? This is what the prayer of Jesus says. Let your kingdom come. Let your will be done, not mine. So if we want to build a kingdom culture, you know what that means? It's about His will, not my will. Want a kingdom culture? It's about His will, not my will. Is it available? Is my will available to God? Take my love, my Lord, I pour at Thy feet, its treasure store. Take myself, and I will be only ever for Thee, all for Thee. I love that song. It's like he's just this man consecrating, making available to God every part of his being. We need to start listening and singing that song and getting it into our hearts in deeper and deeper ways for whatever that means for us. The second thing about a vessel that gets used by God, the kinds of vessel that God uses, is this. It's an empty vessel. It's an empty vessel. One thing about crisis is it creates emptiness inside of us. That's why God often takes us to those places because outside of crisis we're so full of ourselves. Are oh, we just full. We're full of ideas. We're full of things. We're just full. But when there's a crisis, when there's trouble, my kids are going to get taken away. Man, God, where are you? All of a sudden, I'm empty. And what's amazing about crisis, it creates an emptiness that God wants to fill. Friends, in the midst of crisis, don't move away from God. Don't move away from God's people. That's the time when you plunge in and you allow God to fill you through His gifts, through the people around you, through His Word, through the preaching of the Word, through the worship. So what happened was that she had to get to the place where she would go to Elisha and say, Lash, I'm empty. Help me. You see, there's a deep humility that God wants. Friends, God uses humble vessels. God uses vessels that are made of clay. It says in the New Testament. Jars of clay that are filled with incredible treasure. But actually, this text is talking about she admitted, actually, I need I need help. I need I, I'm, I'm empty. Help me. I've got nothing. I'm going to lose my boys. I've lost everything else. I've lost my husband. I've lost everything. Now I'm going to lose my boys. Please, I'm empty. Help me. Friends, when we get to that place, I believe that's the place where God just overwhelmingly just fills us and keeps filling us. The Holy Spirit cannot fill our fullness. The Holy Spirit cannot fill our fullness. When we have no need of Him, and friends, in West, the Western church, this is the problem. The Western church has got so much prosperity and got so much. there's so many options. We don't need God. So we live our lives as though we don't need God. Until we get to a place where actually nothing can help and actually I need to empty myself and find myself on my knees crying out to God, watching God break in. He waits to fill our emptiness. Number three, The kind of vessels that God fills or uses is a vessel that's constantly being filled. Touched on that already. Constantly being poured in. Friends, expect more from God. Trust more and have faith to be filled with God. Get private with God and and allow Him to keep filling us. Keep filling us. There's no limit to His filling power. There's no end to the His spirit is limitless. We have no, he's got no lack of resource. He's got no, he's got, he's got everything we need we, is available to us in him. And I want to encourage us this morning, be filled, but continually be filled in an ongoing way and allow him to do it. Number four, the kind of vessel that God uses is one that's set aside. It says, fill the vessel and set it aside. Kind of God God vest uses. I mean, again, I'm just going to touch this because I've already alluded to this. The kind of vessel that God uses is one that's set aside, one that's consecrated to Him, that's set apart, that's holy unto Him. Friends, and all of us are on a different walk with God. Some of us hardly know Him. Some of us don't know Him. Some of us here this morning walked with Him for a long time. But friends, the walk with God is one continually being set aside for Him. God continually working in our hearts to consecrate all of what we have. Making available, being available. Preparing for our future in God. Being set aside. Friends, if you feel like you've got a call in God to business... Or if you've got a call of God to ministry, to plant a church, friends, start preparing yourself. Set yourself aside and start preparing. It's the kind of vessel that God uses and fills is a vessel that's being set aside for His use. And finally, every single one of these vessels were filled. But they weren't just created to be filled. They were created to be poured out. So that this precious oil would be would be used by others. The vessel that God wants to use friends is not only a vessel that God fills and continues to fill but actually it's a vessel that continues to pour out and the more you pour out the more he will fill you. It never runs dry. It never ever runs dry and I want to encourage us in this season friends that we as we walk with God we make, whatever we make available to Him, He will fill. That we will empty ourselves, friends. Empty ourselves of our cleverness. Empty ourselves of all the stuff that we think we're good at. Empty ourselves. Just think all the stuff yet you think you're bad at. Empty yourself. If you've got stop, something stopping you, uh, hindering you from receiving from God, it's because you're not empty. And I would love us to, in this moment, in these, in these days ahead, a process of actually emptying ourselves to God that we can be filled so that we can be poured out in Him. Wouldn't that be amazing? Wouldn't, wouldn't it be incredible to live a life that is just continually poured out, continually poured out because we continually filled up? And what happens is we get into trouble is when we're pouring out and we're not filling up. That's what burnout is. But when we're continually being filled up, resourced by God, filled by God, understanding who He is, walking with Him, actually we can pour out and minister and and be a blessing to others in a profound way. That's the season we're in now, friends. And it's true of this building, but friends, it's true of our lives as well. Let's be filled in Him, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Sure, wonderful, wonderful. Ishi Ho, can I just